I, I was going to preach on the suicide of Saul today. Uh, what, what, what happened in the life of Saul that, 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 that caused him to lose everything he had? Uh, and, and God led another direction. I, I could not get off of what we've been on for about three weeks. And, and we talked uh, a couple weeks ago out of the story about our agenda in worship. This woman, when she found out Jesus was in the place, Jesus was in the house, she said, I've got to get to him. I've got to get to where he is. And, and, and then she said, I've got to give to him. It says in Luke chapter 7, in verse number 36, are you there? Say amen. Luke seven thirty six says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house. The Pharisee was somebody very religious. They knew more Bible than all of us put together. Amen. They were very, very religious, very devout. And he went in this Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, which was a sinner. See, we have two people contrasting here. And I, I never really picked this up till this week. And you'll see what I'm getting at in just a minute. We got somebody that's very religious, knows all about God, knows everything there is to know uh, 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 in, 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 as far as the, the familiar knowledge of the Word and the law and that type of thing. Then you have somebody else that's on the opposite of the spectrum, somebody that don't know anything. All they know is they've been forgiven. That's it. Amen? Uh, they, are, they are so close to where they come out of. This woman was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at meeting in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he said uh, within himself, this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of man, woman this, that toucheth him for she is a sinner. Oh boy. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had uh, nothing to pay, neither one of them could pay. So he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Say that with me. Which of them will? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said, Thou hast rightly judged. Now let's look at your life. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, her sins, that you know all about, that you're thinking about right now, her sins, which are many, are, what's that word? For she loved much. Say that with me. For she loved much. One more time, real loud. For she loved much. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to love you much today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've covered all kind of stuff out of this story. We've covered our agendas. What did we plan on doing today? Before I ever got out of bed this morning, I'm telling you, before my feet ever hit the floor, I said in my heart, my mind, and my spirit, I said, God, be magnified with today. Whatever we do today, God, get glory out of it. Lord, whatever we do, I pray that you'll be magnified. I pray that they'll leave saying, what a mighty God we serve. I pray that you'll be, Lord, pleased with what happens today. 
Uh, what was your agenda? Uh, what was your plan when you come to the house of the Lord this morning? Our, our agenda should be to get to Jesus, to get into his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, in his presence, there's joy. And where there's joy, there's strength. And where there's strength, there's ability. Say amen. amen. Listen, we, we, we have an agenda. Did we come this morning to get in his presence? Did we come to give unto him glory due unto his name? Or did we come to see who was going to be there? Did we come to see who was going to wear what? Did we come to see who was going to drive what? Are y'all with me? What was your agenda this morning? Then we talked about our worship and, and, and our attitude in worship. What, what should be our attitude? It should be a submissive attitude. It should be a surrendered attitude to whatever God wants for our life. It's hard to worship when you're rebellious. Amen? It's hard to love on somebody when you're doing the opposite of what they want you to do. So, so if we're going to worship in spirit and in truth, we've got to submit to truth. So we have to have an attitude of, Lord, whatever you tell me this morning, I'm willing to do. God, whatever you want me to stop, I'm willing to stop. God, whatever you want me to start, I'm willing to start. God, wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to go. Are you all with me this morning? Our attitude in worship. It should be a submissive and selfless attitude. But then, then last week we talked about our activity in worship. She, she worshiped not, not just in her heart, but she worshiped with her whole body. Amen. She worshiped with her hands. She used her hands to be a blessing to the Lord. She used her lips to be a blessing to the Lord. She kissed his feet over and over and over again. And the Bible says with our lips we can offer the sacrifice of praise unto our God. And we ought to sing with a loud voice. We ought to praise him. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this week I, I've been reading and, and praying and, and that phrase just kept coming back to me. It kept coming back to me for she loved much. She loved much. She kissed his feet because she loved him. She wiped the, her hair upon his feet and, 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 and cried and washed his feet with her tears because she loved him. And worship, everything that she expressed on the outside was just a revelation of what was on the inside. I'm telling you, what we have in here will show out here. Say amen. And, and, and this, is what, this is what God showed me this week. Uh, our worship is directly connected to our love for him. It's completely, I mean, it's totally connected. You can't have one without the other. Our love is going to be based, or our worship is going to be based on our love for Him. How we feel about Him. If you're angry with Him, you cannot worship Him. If you're out with Him, you cannot worship Him. If you're not familiar with Him, you cannot worship Him. You cannot intimately worship somebody you don't know. I need a witness. How and why? Why did she love Him? Why did she love Him? I was reading over there in 1 John 4.19. It says this, we love him. This is, this, we sing songs about this. We love him because. That's right. In other words, there's a reason that we love him. We didn't love him first. He loved us first. We didn't go looking for him. He came looking for us. And I love him because he first loved me. So that tells me, the more I understand what he did for me, the more I'm going to love him. Are y'all with me? So here's the key. It's not that we don't need to learn some new moves. That's not the key. It's not that we need to uh, 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 just, just change our attitude. We need to do that, but that's not just it. If we will fall in love with Jesus, worship will be automatic. 
It will take place by itself. You won't have to pump it. You won't have to prime it. You won't have to beg for it. Man, when you love somebody, you want to do something for them. When you love somebody, you want to be a blessing to them. When you love somebody, you want to give to them. Are you all with me this morning? So what do we need to do? We need to increase our love for our Savior. We need to increase our love and our affection. And more importantly, our adoration for the one who saved our soul. I got to reading this story and kept reading and reading and reading. And, 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 and man, why does she love him so much? I mean, why does she love him to the point that she didn't care what nobody thought she was going to get down at his feet? Listen, lay down at his feet, weep over his feet, and anoint his feet with the most precious thing, the most expensive thing she had she gave to him, and begin to kiss his feet right in public. Right in public, right where everybody could see But she loved him so much, she was willing. She could care less about her reputation because she loved him so much. Lord, why did she love him so much? Oh, man. You see this woman, Simon? You see this woman? I come into your house. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't even give me something to wash them with. But she has, listen, showered my feet with her tears. Simon, I come into your house and you didn't anoint my head. You, 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 you didn't give me any blessing like that, but she's anointed my feet with this most precious ointment. Simon, you, you gave me no kiss. You showed me no, no, no love, no appreciation for who I was. But this woman hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Then he tells why. Then he tells why. You see, Simon, her sins which were many y'all with me here's the deal if we're going to love him like we need to love him I believe this is what took place with all of my heart I believe the reason she loved him in the way she did and expressed it in the way she did I believe number one if we're going to love him like we need to if we're going to love him like she did if we're gonna, if we're gonna come and worship him like we need to worship him, the first thing that's gonna have to take place, and I believe took place in her life, number one, she remembered what she was. She remembered what she was. I believe with all of my heart, she looked back. I believe, and just write these two, write these two subs down so we can get them out of the way and we can preach on it. Amen? I believe she remembered the shame that she experienced. I believe she remembered, listen, the feelings of shame and, and, and everybody knowing who she was and what she was. I believe she remembered the shame she experienced. I remember, I think that she remembered the suffering that she endured. She remembered what that life had done to her and what that, that lifestyle had been to her and the suffering she experienced and, and the embarrassment she experienced and how that nobody thought anything about her. Matter of fact, this Pharisee who was supposed to be religious, who was supposed to be a godly person, thought that she wasn't even worthy to be under the same roof as him. And this man shouldn't even be touching her and she remembered the life that she came out of I believe that she was saved because of what Jesus teaches right here I believe one day she came to him and heard uh, cast uh, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest listen listen come unto me if you're hungry I'm the bread of life come unto me if you're thirsty because I am the living water come unto me if you're dead in your soul dead in your trespasses and in sins if your life is dead if your hopes are dead if you're 
dreams are dead. You need to come unto me because I am the resurrection. I believe she remembered that one day in her life she had no hope and no help. She had nobody that cared for her soul like David said. She didn't have anybody that would look after her. She didn't have anybody that thought she was worth a plug nickel. But Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, came and showed her, you're worthy. You're worthy. I love you with all of my heart. I'll take you just like you are. I don't expect you to change a blessed thing. Just come unto me just like you are. I love you like you are. You remember what we was talking about a while ago? Remember what we was talking about a while ago? We said that this baby Christians are more excited about church than older Christians. That's because older Christians forgot the hole that God found them in. I believe that with all of my heart. I behold, have mercy. I feel God right there. We need to get back and remember where God found us. We need to remember that Zacchaeus, I believe with all of my heart, Zacchaeus never forgot the tree that God found him in. I don't believe Peter and the, listen, those that were fishing with him ever forgot the night that they fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus says, cast out into the deep for a miracle. And God touched their lives that day. I don't believe, listen, that woman at the well ever forgot that Jesus did did not care about her past. All he cared about was her future. I don't believe the woman who was caught in the very midst of adultery cast at Jesus' feet. I don't believe she ever forgot the day that Jesus threw no stones. Amen. Uh, don't ever forget where God found you. Listen, I don't think Mephibosheth ever forgot that he was a crippled boy one day who could not get to the castle. His life was not worth anything. His life, he was of the enemy's camp. He was of Saul's family and he couldn't do nothing about it. But there was a king on the throne that had his mind on him and said, he can't get to where I am, but I can come to him. Bring Mephibosheth to me. He's going to sit at my table. Don't forget where God found you. Don't come in here and throw your nose up in the air and think you're somebody because you got a suit on or because you got a tie on and you look down at somebody who came in on the short bus. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be on that bus too. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you wouldn't be in this building. Thank God for His grace and mercy. Hey, that's a life recovery bus. We're throwing out the lifeline on that bus. We want them to know they're just as important as anybody in this building. They're just as likable. Listen, we love them just as much as anybody in this building because we were where they are. And we're here to tell you, it's good on this side of the fence. Come on over. Come on over. Paul. Paul wrote more scripture in the New Testament. Listen, he started more churches than anybody, but this is what he said. 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He didn't think he was somebody. He didn't put himself on a pedestal. He said, I'm the biggest sinner out here. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. For I am the least of the apostles that not in me to be called. I don't even, I'm not even worried to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But I like this verse. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I ain't nothing on my own. I don't deserve to be here it's just simply by the grace of God I can stand here today amen by the grace of God and his grace which was bestowed upon me listen was not in vain but I labored more abundantly than they all yet not I but the grace of God which was with me Ephesians 3 8 unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ I don't deserve it but I'm glad for it thank God thank God what God brought me from You know what will change our behavior in the house of God? We remember the ghetto. We remember Skid Row. 
We remember where we was headed. We remember, listen, those nights that we couldn't even remember who we was. We need to remember, not that we need to delegate and soak in that and sulk in that, but we need to remember, hey, I'm here, but once I was there, hey, I may not be what I'm supposed to be, but I ain't what I used to be. And thank God I'm not, I'm not what I'm going to be. Amen. She remembered what she was. Her sins, which were many. There was a day I was an outcast. There was a day that I was, listen, I was somebody nobody wanted to hang around. There was a day that nobody had anything to do with me. But now I'm sitting at the master's feet. Now I'm sitting in the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords and the creator of the universe who spoke the word and the world became. You remember where God found you? Don't forget. Don't forget. Because the moment you forget... Pride will raise up in your heart. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Saul. Saul, who was a Benjamite. One of the, one of the least, one of the least tribes of all Israel. But one day God took him and chose him and picked him out. And said, you're going to be a king. And anointed him the first king of Israel. But see... There was a time when Saul was just, he said, I'm not nothing. I'm not worthy. I, I, why me? Don't, I'm, I'm just of the least of the tribes. I'm not any. And that's, God picked him. But a little time went by. And his position affected his attitude. And he began to think he was somebody. He began to think because everybody followed him and everybody thought it was Saul, Saul. Listen. He got arrogant. He got, he got cocky. And in his attitude, he thought, I'm king. I can do what I want to do. And he went out and disobeyed the Lord. He disobeyed God. God told him to do a certain thing. He did the exact opposite of what God told him to do. And Samuel confronted him. Anytime you get arrogant, don't forget Samuel's coming. Listen, Samuel came and said, what, what, what? What is it? Why'd you disobey the Lord? Oh, no, I didn't disobey the Lord. You know, when you get arrogant, you go into a state of denial. I didn't disobey. I did what God told him. Knowing he didn't. Knowing blatantly lying. Knowing he didn't do what God told him to do. And then he said this. And he said, well, I tell you what. When, 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 when Samuel presented the evidence to him. And he said, oh, that was the people. The people's what done that. It's amazing when you get arrogant, you'll go through denial, and then you'll start blaming everybody else for your problems. Oh, if you would have cooked grits for me, I wouldn't have been mad this morning. Well, I tell you what, if you wouldn't be nagging me at home, I wouldn't be hollering at my boss at work and getting fired. It's your fault I got fired. Come on, please, people. Blaming everybody else because we got a bad attitude. We get this, listen, this mentality that everybody owes us something. Saul, Saul said, oh, it was the people. Oh, and they, we was just going to do it because we were going to worship God. God told them to destroy them. And Samuel said this. This is what he said. This is what he said. Watch this now. Don't miss this. Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine own eyes. In other words, there was a day, Saul, when you didn't think you was even worthy to be king. And you was just so thankful to be there. When you was little in your own eyes, God made you a king. But now God's going to take it from you.
What's the point? We get in here and we serve for a little while. We get up here and we, we, we act like, and we come in here and we get this mentality that, that, that we've served God, we've earned our, you know, we've got tenure now. And we get this attitude that, you know, I'm going to get up this morning and put my suit on and go to church and do God a favor. I mean, that attitude is in the house of God every week. Like, like you. <laughs> I'm trying to stay dignified. We've got Camp Tracy people here. Amen. <laughs> Listen. This is not, you need to understand this. This seat up here, this is not a right that you have because you're a church member. This is, we don't, we don't have rights. We, well, listen, I'm a church member. I pay my tithes. I need, no, 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 no. You, you've missed it. You've completely, you've completely 100% missed. This is a privilege. This is a privilege to sing about our king. This is a privilege to stand in the parking lot with a walkie-talkie in one hand and a flashlight in the other hand, singing praises to God, serve the Lord with gladness. The Bible says it's a privilege to be able to work with those young people because I'm not working for the preacher. I'm not working for the choir leader. I'm not working for the leader outside. I'm working for the Lord. We don't have a right to be in here. We don't have a right. We, this is a privilege. We get to thinking God owes us something. We get to thinking other people owes us something. You know why? Because we forgot where God found us. We forgot where we was. Don't forget what you were when God found you. And let me say this too. God showed me something in this story. As many... People like this woman who's in, in this story. There's people like the Pharisee that's in this story. Now, before you go to saying amen, hear me out. Because you might say oh me instead of amen. When my dad got saved, my dad was a hell raiser. Raised it. Watered it. Growed it all the time. Fertilized it. Say amen. Mean as the devil. I'm talking about stuff you just can't even, I, I can't even, I can't even go into describing this morning. And God saved him. I'm talking about 100% Holy Ghost conviction saved. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. God uprooted the tree. Night and day. When God saved me, I still looked the same. I grew up in a pastor's home. I was wearing three-piece suits when I was, listen, I was a little old bitty fella. Before I got out of elementary school, there was men coming up to me asking me to tie their tie and then putting it on them before they went to the church house. I could quote more scripture in the fourth grade chopper. I'm telling you, I could, I could quote more scripture in the fourth grade than I can remember today. Sing in the choir. I'm talking about all the stuff. All the stuff. And God came and convicted me. And, 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 and I got saved. And, and the next day, it, 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 I, I look the same and I, I talk the same. And, 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 and. So, 
Dad can say, boy, I tell you what, I was an old drunkard. I was this and I was that. And he could do all. And, 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 and I say, I stole a pencil. <laughs> oh, God. And you know what? God showed me something. Young people that grow up in church. And you don't get that stupid and you, and you stay. And you think, I don't have a testimony. Oh, but you do. Here's what God showed me this week. <laughs> God saved my dad out of that misery. God saved me from that misery. Amen. Now, this is, this is what God showed me this week about this situation. Sometimes, now, now this is a revelation. This is a revelation. It's not going about, about 12 o'clock at night. It's going, oh, I know what he's talking about. I, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, please listen to me. Please, 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 please listen to me. If you don't get nothing else, don't miss this because this is one of them kind. God said, hey, Malcolm, tell him this right here. God told me to tell you this. He was a Pharisee. Simon was a Pharisee, very religious. And because he was such a good person, it was harder for him to appreciate what Jesus was than it was for a woman who was a prostitute, a woman of reputation who knew where she'd come from, who, who listen, the blackness of night was still in her rearview mirror. What's that mean? Sometimes it's harder for people that grow up in church to appreciate what God has done for them. I've never seen this in this story. I can associate more with Simon than I can with the woman. Sometimes I've got to remind myself. Because I can't go and say that horrible pit, that miry clay. I can't do all of that. But I can say this, God kept me from that right there. And I have to constantly remind myself that if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could have grown up in a home. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I might, listen, I grew up with a daddy and a mama at home, but there's millions of kids that grow up with a separated family, grow up in a horrible life. I need to thank God, hallelujah, that I got a mom and daddy at home. And sometimes we get in this church house and we've been good for so long. We've been saved for a period of time. We've even taught Sunday school. We've even served, listen, as a deacon. We've done this and done that and in the choir. And we get too highfalutin for who we are. And Paul said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Because sometimes you don't appreciate what God's done for you because you think you're too good. The person that was a good guy before God saved him, it's harder for him to worship right than the one that was a whoremonger. What does that mean? That means you need to work harder at knowing the grace of God kept you from being what somebody else was. And you have every responsibility to praise just as loud as the one that God saved them out of it as the one that God saved them from it. Give the Lord praise and glory if you understand what I'm saying. Listen, number two. What caused her to love Jesus like she did? What was the first thing? She, what was number one? She, say it again, come on, she. But boy, then, <laughs> she recognized who he is. 
she recognized who he is. When she heard, the Bible says in the beginning of that story, when she heard that Jesus was in the house. You know what will drastically transform the worship of Temple Baptist Church? If we'll get a good dose of understanding of who he really is. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to many Christians today, he ain't big enough to you. He's not big enough to you. The Israelites in the Old Testament were so fearful of God and had a holy reverence for God that when he said don't work on the Sabbath, they'd count their steps because they felt like if they'd stepped too much, I mean, they didn't have to go out in the field and work. If they just took too many steps, that would be constituted as working. So they counted their steps so they wouldn't be. They went overboard with their reverence and respect to him. David said, when I behold the stars and the sun and the moon and the works of thy hands, what is, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Isaiah, young preacher, young preacher, early in his ministry. Some of the most ignorant statements I have ever seen in my life have come from young preachers. Some of the most ignorant statements I've ever made. Isaiah chapter, the first few chapters in the book of Isaiah. He's hellfire and brimstone. Like some of the guys on Facebook. Just coming out of college. They need to go back about seven more years. Let me tell you all something. Uh, Dr. E.V. Hill, he, he, he said some wise things. He said his, his family told him, you need to go to school long enough so people won't look down on you. Then you know, need to go a little longer so you won't look down on people. That's some good stuff. But in the first few chapters of, of, of Isaiah, he's woeing everybody. Woe unto thee. Woe unto y'all. I mean, he is laying it down. He's filleting them one step, one direction. I mean, just right up and down the other. He's telling them how sorry they are and just how ungodly they are. Woe to everybody. I mean, woe unto you and woe unto them. And little did he know he had a hero that he was so enamored with, he couldn't even see God until God killed him. And God took King Uzziah out of the picture. And when he took Isaiah's hero out of the picture, the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. In other words, his glory was everywhere. And he said, woe is me. Woe is me. It wasn't woe is y'all anymore. When he come into the presence of God, when he come and saw the glory of God, he said, woe is me. He saw himself like he really was because he saw God like he really was. Yeah, people coming in here criticizing people in here. What they're wearing or what they're not wearing. What they're doing or what they're not doing. How they got here. 
whether they come through whatever ministry and, and bless God, this and that and all this junk. Man, let me tell you something. You're not going to be measured by anybody in this building. When you stand before God, you're going to be before God. You're going to be measured with His measuring stick, the Word of God. And you might look good beside your neighbor, but honey, I promise you, you're not going to look that good beside Him. And If you come in here and you recognize who He is, He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Four creatures around the throne crying day and night, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. He wants you to be like he is. We ought to walk in the light as he is in the light. If we walk in darkness and say we fellowship with him, we lie and do not the truth. Honey, we need to be like him. He's holy. And our worship would drastically change if we just recognize who he is. John, Brother Dave, John would rest upon the breast of Christ and just to hear his heartbeat, he was so close to the Lord. But then when he saw him in his glorified state in Revelation chapter 1, the Bible said he fell before him as dead. Do you recognize who you came to worship this morning? Oh, we have such respect for politicians and heroes. I mean, we just get the jitters when rock stars and athletes and all this garbage who are nothing, nothing. And they show what they truly are. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. They're, they're acting like lost people. That's what lost people do. But Christians will raise them up on a banner and a pedestal when really our hero should be him. She recognized him first as her Savior. First as her Savior. The word Savior means deliverer. Have you you recognized the Lord Jesus as your Savior today? Have you accepted him as your deliverer? Have, Have you allowed him to come and take your sins away? You can't do the second one until you do the first one. She not only recognized him first as Savior, but finally as Sovereign. He is Lord. Lord. What does Lord mean? It means Master. He has a right to tell you what to do. Ladies, he has a right to tell you to look modest. It's summertime and everybody wants to take stuff off. Keep it on. Men, he has a right to tell you to be a gentleman. Listen, ladies, you ought to act like ladies. I'm talking to our young people, young men. You should not be in situations where they would cause you not to be a gentleman. Well, how can I do that? Don't be alone with them. Yeah, I said it. You know what's going to keep me from messing up? I tell you. Some fences that I've put up. What fences? That one on the corner. Amen. (laughs) I've got another one. She's a worse bulldog than that one. Miss Barry. My chair secretary. Listen, any, any woman that she even thinks remotely is casting eyes at me, she'll poke them out. 
And I promise you this, you don't want to tangle with that one. I don't want to tangle with that one. What point are you making? I'm saying this. I'm never alone with any woman, period. Period. Nothing can happen if that's the case. And young people, we can save you a lot of grief and heartache. I love crowds. Yes. Don't be anything in but a crowd. Say amen, Kendrick. What has this got to do? What has this got to do? Because God's sovereign. And he wants to keep you holy. But by the way, this is going to trick you. It's going to think, oh, he wants to keep you happy. No, he's not. He's telling me something I don't want to do. You know what? Tom Landry, coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. This is what he said. Coaching is this. Making men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they want to be. That's good stuff. Making men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they want to be. In other words, everybody wants to raise the trophy. Everybody wants to be a champion, but nobody wants to do the hard work. Everybody grows up wanting to be happy. They want the fairy tale marriage and wedding and life. So what's, what, what are you saying? We have to make you do what you don't want to do. You don't want to have restrictions. You don't want to put up fences. You don't want to do all this stuff. But you want to be happy. And God's saying, if you're going to be happy, this is what you got to do. Amen. There's so much we could say there, but let's go to number three. Make a note, Kendrick. Family time. Amen. We're going to have a series. When in August? Family series in August. Don't miss that one. It's going to be good. All about the family. Listen, what, what, what caused her to love Jesus like she did? Number one, what was number one? She, she remembered what she was. Then, then number two, she, then number three, this is so good. She realized what he did. She realized what he did. When's the last time it dawned on you? What God done for you. Her sins, in the same verse, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. (laughs) David, David, he had issues, didn't he? He had issues. Matter of fact, he'd done some things morally worse than Saul did. But the difference between David and Saul is Saul was arrogant and wouldn't repent. But David, oh, son, he could repent. I mean, he, was, he, had, a, he had a Ph.D. degree in repentance. Oh, God. I mean, he would just repent, buddy. I'm telling you, nobody could repent like David could repent. Oh, God, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Oh, God, purge me with thee. I'm telling you, son, he was good. He could repent. He would fall upon the mercy of God and call out to him, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Withhold not thy spirit from me. Oh, get, are y'all with me? And Boy, when he would make things right, this is what he said. 
Blessed. Blessed. I looked up that word in the concordance. That word means happy. Take your Strong's concordance and look it up. Blessed means happy is the man. You have that verse? You have that verse up there? It's in, it's in Psalms, the Old Testament, in the middle. Amen. Psalms 32.1. Watch this. Blessed. Let's use the word. What's the, what, what, what do we say that meant? Now, let's, let's use that word as we read it. Happy. Come on, y'all. Happy. I can't hear you. Come on. Real loud. Happy is he whose transgression is and whose sin is. Are you happy today? Are you happy that your past is not going to be brought up in your future? Are you happy that one day, Jesus said, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Are you glad one day God went in your closet, took every skeleton out of your closet, threw it in the sea of forgetfulness, washed it with his blood, took every sin and disobedience out of your life, forgave you of everything you've ever done. He will never bring them up again. He will never remind you again. He has washed it all away. I need a witness. Give him praise and glory. If you're happy, you've been forgiven. Forgiveness is such a wonderful thing. Forgiveness is such a wonderful thing. Listen, if you've ever been real ignorant and stupid and done something very goofy, and listen, somebody said, I'm not going to hold it to your account. I'm going to let you go on this one. I'm going to forgive you. Man, there is no feeling in this world like knowing you've been forgiven. Amen. And this woman, she remembered her past. She remembered her struggle. She remembered her pain. She remembered every time she disobeyed her parents. Every time, listen, she went out into sin and debauchery and wickedness. And she remembered the day that all of a sudden she believed in what Jesus said. And the flow of the Holy Ghost came upon her. And all her sins were washed away. She remembered the burden that was lifted off. She remembered walking this high off the ground. She remembered that God had forgiven her. And she says, I got to get to him. I got to let him know how I feel about him. When's the last time you let him know how you feel about him? Listen, I wrote these two things down. She realized what he did. What did he do? Removed her disgrace. Listen, removed her disgrace. I don't know what that B is, but you need to put this here. Uh, that, that, that is a misprint. He removed her disgrace, then he restored her dignity. He restored, change that B up there, guys. He restored her dignity. Mephibosheth, let me say this, and put your pens down and look up this way. So I don't want you to miss this. That's all you're going to have to write. Look up this way. When God saves you, he does more than gives you a ticket to heaven. He does, he does more than just make sure you're going to get in. He does more than just wipes the slate clean. He does something for you down here. Let me illustrate it. Can I illustrate it? Can I illustrate it? Mephibosheth. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Mephibosheth was a cripple. Cripple. Listen, everybody knew he was a cripple. Lame on his feet. 
Nursemaid dropped him when he was a baby. She was running for his life. He wrote a song, I would have been a prince, but somebody dropped me. Amen. <laughs> Crippled. Tammy, I mean, just, just broken. And that stigma. Okay, you see, in that day, there was no welfare. There was no... If you could not work for a living, you became a beggar. You depended on the means of somebody else. And if you were a beggar, you were a burden on your family. How many of y'all remember when you was lost and you was a burden to your family? <laughs> then the king said, go get him. I love him and I want to bless him. And the king sent his messengers, the servant Zeba, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows where he lived. He lived in Lodibar. Lodibar means nothing, nothing, no, no happiness, no joy, no peace. And by the way, if you're here without God, that's, what, that's where you're at in Lodibar. Crippled, can't fix yourself, can't fix your circumstances. Everything you touch falls apart. And Jesus comes. Listen, and he lifts old Mephibosheth up and takes him to the palace. Takes him to the palace. When he gets there, y'all ready for this? When, when, when he gets there, he says, I'm going to give back everything that was taken from your family. I'm going to restore everything back to you, and I'm going to give you servants to work the fields for you. And, and, and the last thing that was said the last thing that was done was this. And from now on, from now on, you're going to eat at the king's table. So what does that mean? <laughs> from now on, when the public eye sees you, you're going to be sitting around the king's table with the princes and all the dignitaries. Now, what was his physical problem? So what area is that? Now, let me ask you a question. When you're sitting at the king's table, can anybody tell that you're crippled? <laughs> Y'all ain't getting it. See, in here... I never smoked crack, but there's people in here that has, but you don't know it. <laughs> I've never been drunk out of my mind, but there's people here, but you don't know it. What does that mean? Everybody in this room looks the same. There's been probably prostitutes in this room right now. But you don't know it. Why? God has removed. Amen. Removed the stigma. And God has restored the dignity. Amen. See, there's no levels in God's family. There's no different places. We are all sitting at the king's table. Amen. Giving praise and glory this morning. <laughs> You know, nobody's going to appreciate that like the cripple. 
Some of y'all been in church your whole life. That won't mean nothing to you. That won't mean nothing to you. But there's going to be a bunch of people in here that's going to mean everything. And I want you to know, I ain't going to never look down on you. I ain't going to never look down on you. Because you're sitting at the same table I am. I can't look down on you. I'm just looking over to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. How she loved him. Wouldn't you if you were her? Guess what? You are her. You are her. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name.